The Bible's story shows us right at the very beginning how this world was made very good. Uh, we thought about it, it being like a, a great artist uh, making this great piece of art, the most magnificent piece of 3D art ever, uh, the world in which we live. Uh, and human beings were the very pinnacle uh, of God's creation. They were created to rule, to beautify the world, the good world that God had made. Uh, and they were called to increase in number. But the story very, changes very quickly into one of rebellion. Uh, the good world, once made full of color, of light and life, was now full of darkness and death. Uh, humans, once in a perfect relationship with God, were now banished from the presence of God. Uh, so what lengths would God go to fix the relationship? That's kind of how we ended last week. Or, or the other question we, we were thinking that the Bible uh, seeks to answer is how can humanity dwell with God forever again? Uh, and we're going to see the beginning of this being worked out as we look at God's promises or covenants uh, made to human beings, promises made by God that, that really kickstart uh, God's redemption plan, uh, the plan which will allow humanity to dwell with God forever again. And so as we, as we begin um, thinking about covenants, I thought I might just ask, uh, it would be good to have just a little bit of uh, interaction uh, together. Um, when I say the word covenants, what things come to mind? Um, words, phrases? Do you shout them out? What did you say? Marriage. Marriage. Yeah. Other things? Promise. promise. Yeah, promise. Contracts. Contracts. Interesting. Thank you. Definitely. Law. Law. Any other things? Cutting, that's a big word which will come out later. Excellent. Maybe one or two more. Commitments, commitment, yeah. Commitment or maybe agreement as well. Any last words that spring to mind? An alliance. Cool. Thank you. It's good to get us thinking a bit together, isn't it? Um, I like the word contract. Uh, they are a bit like a contract. Uh, when you start a job, you have this agreement. You, you sign. You say that you're going to do this, this, and this for this amount of hours and this amount of money. Um, they're a bit like that, but but more. Um, the stakes are much, much uh, higher, and they're divinely imposed uh, by God. Um, a definition of covenants, which I've kind of 
worked on this week. Um, we'll, we'll see if we agree maybe later by the end. Um, a divinely imposed agreement between two parties, often sealed in blood. We had the word cutting um, just now. We'll, we'll see that in a bit. Um, when God makes covenants with his people, they have terms that they must keep, which lead to blessing. Um, or if they don't keep them, then there are curses. And covenants, they're a key part in the Bible's story of how God is going to work to bring him and people back to dwell together again. And the first covenant is found right at the beginning of time, right in Genesis 1, which we were looking at last week. The covenant with Adam to fill and subdue the earth, to not eat the fruit from that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Uh, And they were either to obey and live or disobey and die, Uh, which is why people uh, call this covenant the covenant of works. You have to work to keep it. You have to work to obey it and be able to live in the blessings of it. Otherwise, if you disobey, that's it. It's broken. Uh, And then we come to Genesis chapter 9, which we'll read in a moment, uh, which comes after the flood uh, um, that God brought on the world. It's kind of an act of decreation that God brings in judgment of the world because humans continued that rebellion of Adam and Eve. Uh, and, but God was merciful, even in that judgment, in sparing Noah and his family. God hadn't given up on humanity yet. He could have wiped out everyone, but there was still more to come. So I wonder, could um, I have a volunteer to read for us um, Genesis 9, 1 to 17? Someone be up for that. Asema. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Now, yes. Yes, please. Thank you. Yeah. 
Thank you, Osama. Um, we're going to spend uh, a few minutes, uh, about five minutes, just in our little groups, and uh, we'll chat about these questions. Uh, what similarities are there between this one and the covenant with Adam, and is there anything new? Um, off you go. What, what were new things that people spotted in there? Uh-huh. Uh, That's a s- similarity, isn't it, between that and... Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It, it, well, it's a covenant which is going to last forever. Um, so, yeah. Uh, death has already come to the world, but um, you still go on, increase in number, be fruitful. Yeah. Is that... Is that if I summarise what you've thought well or badly, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, in a sense, I think, you know, God's plan is for man to mm. positive. Mm. And that's continuing. Yeah, yeah. The continuation of, of life. Great. Yeah. Yeah, it's not just the plants from the um, trees and things. Yeah, good spot. And Katie, you said rainbow, rainbow, excellent. Yeah, the the sign of this covenant is the rainbow, um, a bow being kind of a symbol of war, and God's laying it down 
a beautiful covenant sign uh, to, to remind, um, re- remind God. Um, yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> Not that God forgets, no. It's for our benefit. We see it and we can think God keeps his promises. Sorry, I don't know where you're looking. Uh, they will be food unto all the beasts. Doesn't say specifically, does it? But he, he's giving the plants for them to eat. Mm, mm. Yeah. That's okay. It's good. We're learning together. Cool. So that's a covenant with Noah. Um, That's a covenant with creation in uh, many ways, which is still ongoing. uh, And we still benefit from God hasn't flooded the world in in judgment. Um, But we're going to move on um, to even more... um, Exciting stuff. It's all exciting stuff. Uh, Genesis 12. We read um, those few verses at the beginning. Uh, John Stott says of these verses, um, he says, it may truly be said without exaggeration that not only the rest of the Old Testament, but the whole of the New Testament are an outworking of these promises of God. Um, These are really significant for us as we're looking at the uh, big uh, Bible story. Uh, Just a background um, to uh, these verses. Um, Pre this chapter, you have Babel, where humanity try and build their way up to heaven. Uh, But God comes bringing that crashing down uh, and disperses people uh, and muddles their language Uh, He's saying, um, you can't build your way to heaven. You can't build your way back to to Eden, back to um, the way things were. Uh, How can humanity dwell with God again? It's not by us building our way up to God. We're we're barred. So enters Abram. Uh, And Abram's background was from a family that worshipped uh, many other gods. He was from a city called Ur, which was a big city, um, one where many gods were worshipped. I think moon worshipping was a big thing uh, there. Uh, but God mercifully chose to take Abram out of that situation, and he chose Abram out of all the people in the world to make these big promises to him. Uh, And here in chapter 12, we see God speaking. Uh, We saw God speaking in Genesis chapter 1, speaking and life came to be. 
But then in Genesis 3, the serpent speaks and, and death comes. But now we get to Genesis 12 and God speaks again. And it's, it's like he's speaking to Abraham and a new creation, a new nation uh, is forming, a new relationship between human beings and God. And this is really exciting. New things often are exciting. Um, starting a new job, a new relationship, buying a new car, uh, starting a new book. It's often exciting. And this is really exciting uh, for human beings. And God speaks to him uh, these promises and uh, they divide nicely into three. Uh, firstly, into people in verse two, place, verse one, and verse seven, and blessing, uh, verse two uh, to three. So let's just think about those things for a moment. Um, he talks about people. He says, I will make you into a great nation. Uh, he's echoing the command of God for Adam uh, and Eve to be fruitful and multiply. He's talking about people. But now he's being very specific. He's saying, I'm going to make you into a great nation. Uh, and then he talks about place. He's going to give them a land, a promised land. Adam and Eve had that place in the garden. Uh, where they were in relationship with God, but they're being cast out from that place. But God is saying, I'm, I'm going to give you a new place, the land of Canaan, to dwell in the promised land. And then finally, he, he talks about blessing in these verses too. Uh, Adam and Eve knew the blessing of a world made very good. They knew the blessing of that perfect relationship with God. But now God promises blessing to Abraham uh, and his family and ultimately to the world through um, Abraham, Abraham and his descendants. Humanity has rebelled, but God's still not giving up on them. Restoring, beginning to restore his relationship with humanity. I expect we've all uh, in different ways, made promises. I expect we've all then broken some promises. Uh, but the good news for humanity is that these promises of God are promises which, which can't be broken. They're made by God. Uh, and his word is sure. His word was sure in, in the garden. He, he spoke to Adam and Eve and he said, if you do this, you will live. If you don't do this, you will die. And those words came true. He spoke those promises to Noah, and he still remains faithful to that covenant now. And so we can be sure, Abraham can be sure, about these promises too. And they all depend on God. He says, I will make, I will bless, I will make, I will bless, I will curse. This is God's work. And he's choosing Abraham out of all the people uh, to do this through. But this world isn't perfect. There is still rebellion. Uh, the effects of the fall of the curses remain. Uh, and that's included in these promises. He talks about cursing, cursing those who curse you. The conflict in the world continues. 
But we're beginning to see, beginning to see the lengths that God would go to in bringing back humans into relationship with himself. But we still are asking the question, how can humanity dwell with God forever again? This is, this is just one man and, and his wife. And they currently don't have a child. Uh, these promises kind of depend on them having a, a child. So we're, we move into chapter 15. Um, we read earlier the first six verses of, of that. Uh, and in Genesis 15, Abraham uh, Abraham as he's called still, um, has two questions of God. Two questions. The first is in verse 2. He says, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? I I remain childless. How are these promises going to happen? But God says, look up at the sky Count the stars. If indeed you can count them, then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Don't know if you've ever attempted to look up into the night sky and count the stars that you can see. If you kept going, you'd be there for a very, very long time. The stars are numerous. We can't count them. Not on our own. And... God is saying to Abraham, look at them. I've made them, uh, and I'm going to make your descendants as numerous as these stars. It seemed impossible. They still didn't have a child. It looked humanly impossible. But God says, it's okay. Look at those stars. I've made them, and you will surely have descendants. Abraham needs to trust God's promises. And then the second question he has uh, is in verse 8. How can I know that I shall gain possession of the land? That's what he says in verse 8. And so we get to some uh, some more covenant uh, stuff. Uh, And this covenant uh, that God makes to show, I am going to give you a land to dwell in, uh, it involves cutting. Um, So uh, we had the word cutting earlier. Um, So have a look, verse 9. The Lord said to him, bring me a heifer, a goat, and a ram, each three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon. Here we go. Here's those animals. Um, that's what God wants. Uh, and he says to Abraham, cut them in two. And so he did. He arranged the halves opposite each other, the birds. However, he did not cut in half. It must have been very messy, him cutting that, that cow in half. Uh, but this shows the seriousness of what's going to happen. Uh, the commitment that God was making to Abraham, to show him, I am going to give you this land. You can count on me and my words to do this. And so uh, something very odd then then happens. It seems odd. Abraham falls into a deep sleep in verse 12. Uh, And God says, 
uh, to him, know for certain that for 400 years your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own, that they will be enslaved and ill-treated there, but I will punish the nation they serve as slaves, and afterwards they will come out with great possessions. You, however, Abraham, won't see that. You will go to your ancestors in peace and be buried at a good old age. But he can know for certain that they will get a land of their own. So trust me, God says. And then to show him the commitment, uh, we see this in verse 17. When the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a smoking brazier with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. God, in, in blazing fire, passes between the animals that had been cut. Usually, uh, in Abraham's time, when, when covenants were made, it, it was a bit like this, but it involved the two parties. This is just God who passes between the animals. It rests entirely on God himself. These promises are sure because of the Lord. And we see uh, Abraham's response um, to what God says. He he says in verse 6, Abraham believed the Lord and it credited to him as righteousness. A verse which uh, Paul loves to pick up on in the New Testament. Uh, We're not going to think so much about it now, but at the heart of this covenant is faith. Faith in the Lord, it seems impossible that God might uh, um, be uh, fulfilling these promises to Abraham. They have no child. There is no land that is theirs yet. But, but Abraham believes by faith. And then we're going to very quickly move to chapter 17 uh, and see the, the covenant of circumcision but there's a a couple of other things. Um, Given the time, we'll just look at a few, uh, three highlights um, from uh, this chapter. Um, First of all, we see a name change. Um, Verse 5, Abram's name is changed. Uh, No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. Abraham's name becomes significant. You will be a father of nations. The other uh, highlight, another highlight, is that this is something which will be everlasting. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and your descendants after you for generations to come. Uh, And verse 13, whether... Uh, Oh, I don't know why I put verse 13. Oh, yes, my covenant in your flesh is to be an everlasting covenant. And that's talking about the covenant of circumcision. Another covenant which involves cutting. Uh, A covenant sign. uh, An outward, unchangeable, physical sign of God's promises. Promises that God says won't be broken. 
And as we, if we were to read the next few chapters of Genesis, we see that in their old age, when it was impossible for a child to be born, age 90 and 100, Abraham and his wife, they, they have a son of their own. A son through whom uh, hopes of blessing from God, hopes that these promises will be fulfilled, are realized. Uh, There's an intriguing encounter in chapter 22 uh, of where God wants uh, Abraham to take his son as a sacrifice, his one and only son, this child of promise, up to a mountain and sacrifice him. That seems crazy. If God was to... Uh, ask you to sacrifice something uh, special possession of yours. I I wonder if you'd do it. Uh, Abraham is asked to sacrifice his special chosen son uh, of promise. Is this really what you want me to do? And he even lifts up the, the knife to sacrifice him, but then God provides a sacrifice in his place. And surely he keeps believing as as he goes up to that mountain uh, in his God by faith. Knowing that God said, look at the stars, I have made them. Your descendants will be as numerous as these. God's promises are sure even when circumstances around uh, don't look certain. So as we draw to a close, we've move from the covenants with with Adam and Noah, covenants of works, to uh, covenant of grace, a gracious covenant. Uh, Human beings had shown they could not uh, keep uh, obeying God. And so these promises to Abraham, these covenants, they're dependent on God to keep. God promises to Abraham an offspring or seed. He promises a great nation, which means many descendants. But also uh, the words, uh, word used for offspring uh, in Genesis, it, it's a singular word. We see that uh, Paul picks this up in Galatians 3.16. The promises were spoken to Abraham and to his Seed. Scripture does not say and to seeds, meaning many people, but to and to your seed, meaning one person who is Christ. Ultimately, through Abraham's descendants comes the Lord Jesus. In, in Genesis, we've seen that we can't dwell with God forever again by making our own way to God, by building a tower like they did in Babel. It's by God coming down and choosing a man out of the world, a man and his wife, who in the most impossible circumstances have a child of promise. And in similarly impossible circumstances is another child of promise, born to a young uh, virgin girl named Mary. She wasn't even, she wasn't married. Uh, It seemed like an impossible circumstance. And yet, God brings that child of promise, the Lord Jesus. And it's in Jesus that God fulfills those promises to Abraham. 
of people, of place and blessing. In Jesus, he's creating a new people, a people uh, chosen out of the earth to be his. Promises to be part of the special people of God and, and a place. We have a place to look forward to, part of the kingdom of God where we will dwell with God forever again. And promises of blessing. Uh, I love how Paul says that we have every spiritual blessing in the Lord Jesus. God's promises are sure and certain in the Bible. Uh, And if we doubt, uh, we can do as God told Abraham, look up at the stars. Look at the stars that God's created and know for certain that those promises to Abraham were fulfilled and he keeps his word, he keeps his promises. And one of those descendants was Jesus. And just as there there were signs of covenant, we had the rainbow, we had um, circumcision, we had Um, the animals being cut and God passing through those pieces. Uh, So we have a sign too that the Lord Jesus gives us. In the same way, after supper, he took this cup saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you. Uh, We have the signs uh, of the Lord's Supper, uh, of bread and wine, where we can look and see that promised descendant of Abraham that promised serpent crusher we thought about last week and see that God does indeed fulfill his promise and Jesus was himself cut on the cross. That ends uh, this week's uh, second part of our our Bible overview. We've seen uh, a lot uh, from those, just those few chapters in Genesis. You may well have questions. Please do um, ask me afterwards. Please do send me messages, emails through the week. I'd love to answer questions. Uh, But it's good, too, when we're together, uh, to be able to pray together, uh, to pray uh, with one another, for one another, um, uh, and uh, thought it would be good to try um, praying uh, in groups, uh, in the groups that we're in. Um, so it would be great if, um, if you're comfortable to share um, something that you'd like prayer for um, with your group uh, and then spend time praying together. We'll, we'll spend 10, 15 minutes. We'll, we'll see uh, when kind of the room goes a bit quiet uh, when we're... Uh, ended, but it'd be really good to pray with one another uh, as the Lord's people. Um, so let's let's take time to do that now.